You know, I feel like for this episode, I I just need to like inject random samples of things here and just, there. Uh, yeah, just like pick like the first ten songs that come up on your playlist <laughs> in just like ten seconds of each. Yes, and then you have this episode. That's it. <laughs> that's that's, that's a con can. can. Yeah, it's it is. That's song. a con can. <laughs> they just like hit shuffle. Can you take con twenty can. seconds of it? Put it in there, and then it's very weird. I love it. Um, welcome to Offbeat Tracks. Uh, my yeah. name's Max. I'm Danielle. And this week we're talking about a Canadian duo called ConCan. With K's. With K's, yes. Uh, spelled the, the Donkey Kong way, if you will. Or the Mortal Kombat way, depending on which game uh, series you prefer. Um, <laughs> ConCan were two dudes at first uh, <laughs> who formed in a basement in Toronto in 1988. Is this the start um, of a porn <laughs> I'm, I'm sure many two dudes at many first. sexual encounters, pornographic and otherwise, have begun so, that way. It starts <laughs> off with two dudes at first in a basement in Toronto, yep. 1988. Toronto's a is a gay mecca. I yes. know how so, this ends. Um, so their names are Barry and Kevin, and so the way this works, or the way this shook out, uh, Barry it was an instrumentalist um, who was getting into like MIDI sampling. Yep. And he was uh, inspired by this the new rise of, of sampling that was kind of happening at the time. So um, in a little basement studio, he had started putting this song together. And um, he needed a vocalist because he had written, there were some lyrics for the song, but he needed a vocalist. So a guy named Mo, I think his name was, that was working on this record with him. It might have even been Mo's basement studio. That might be who Mo was. Um, recommended this guy, Kevin. Hey, I know this guy, Kevin. Um, so Barry brings Kevin over and Kevin lays down the vocals for this, this track. Um, and so then what happened, they pitched it to a record label, according to the two of them, how this shook out. Um, they pitched it to a record label and Barry like went by himself. He went without Kevin and like played them his version, like, cause Barry laid down a version with hip with himself singing. Mm -hmm. And then he laid down a version with like with Kevin's vocals and the record label guy was like, yeah, I like the, the, the other guy better. Like, he didn't tell him that it was him on the, on, and uh. so he didn't say who was who or even that it was him singing. But he picked Kevin's version. So then Barry said he was, like, kind of salty about it. So he went and got somebody else to sing to <laughs> and then put, uh, he re-recorded it himself again. So then he again played a version of himself singing and then some other vocalist. And the record exec was still like, yeah, I liked that other one that you brought me the first time. <laughs> So they they told this story in a in a, a great story of a cell phone here. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he cannot get his, enough yes. of owning it is, himself. It is a great cell phone. A con can. I think that's called con canning yourself. Con <laughs> he con canned himself. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, that um, I, I love that. Uh, this is in the interview that I watched where they told that story. Barry described this was from like maybe three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. Um. Barry described Kevin voice. He goes. You have this droney, I'm going to die at any moment voice. <laughs> I thought that was so good. It's a very British. Yeah. That's a British thing to say. Yeah, right. That's the British culture seeping into Canada. It's not a bad way to describe yeah, Kevin's no, it's voice, true. though. Yeah, he could die at any moment. Um, and here's some nice trivia for you. At their very first show, who was their opening act? Do you know? Did you read this? No. Uh, this is hilarious. So 1988. I guess. Opening act who was for the, Con Can. Yes. Who was the opening act for Con Can at their first show? CNC Music Factory. No. More hilarious. New Kids on the Block was the <laughs> opening act. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the one guy, uh, Barry, said that like they, he, he was there when they sound checked. And like um, 
I don't remember which vocalist he said it was. It wasn't Jordan and it wasn't, um, it might've been Danny, mm. um, came out and was the like, the boring one. Yeah. He said, he was like, wow, damn, this kid can like actually sing. I think these guys are going to go places. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I love that. The new kids on the block got their start opening for con can. Isn't that hysterical? Oh God, that's beautiful. Who saw that coming? Oh, man. So that that first song that they put together that got them their record deal uh, was I Beg Your Pardon. Um, It's pretty good. It's a good jam. This song was a massive hit. And I think it's like actually surprising how big of a hit this song was. I don't know if you saw these chart positions. Uh This was number 19 in Canada, number five in the UK, number eight in Germany, number seven in New Zealand, and a number 15 hit in the US on the Hot 100. Yeah. Which I think is odd because... You don't ever hear this on retro 80s stations. I do like, like Sirius XM a lot. I don't know. I hear it more than when I first I think found satellite, it. satellite radio gets a little more specialty, though, don't you think? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I just I just know that I discovered this in my college. Just download everything that I found. Right, right. And if I liked it, I liked it. And I didn't realize that anyone had ever heard it until I kind of got serious and it was on a lot. I, I don't know. I feel like most of the time but when I hear it. I think more mainstream. Me playing. No, like mainstream terrestrial radio, I've never heard play this song. Really? No, despite it being that big of a hit. I've heard it at Croker. But like I've heard I've heard Mars pump up the volume, which mm-hmm. I think is like basically the same thing. And I, and so was... it's kind of odd that that song has stuck around in a way that this one hasn't because they're so similar to me. Um, ju- hmm. Just in, in tone and style and presence and everything. I mean, I, the songs sound different, but you, you yeah. know what I mean. I don't know. I think it's pretty. A lot of people have heard this. Maybe they may not know what they're listening to. Maybe I, think a lot I just of I just think it. it goes to show that it's very hard to predict. Like what I, there's there's like no pattern of what sticks in terms of chart significance or, or pop culture relevance later on. You know what I mean? Oh, I saw something. I think about that with modern music a lot. Like what's oh God, what's still going to sticking? Like what's going to be around? Like what are people going to remember about this time 20, 30 Ooh. years from now? It's just weird to think I about. I can't remember anything today. Like <laughs> <laughs> 15 years. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about a couple mm. of the the pieces of I Beg Your Pardon. The first of which, the biggest sample being Lynn Anderson's weird-ass song, Rose Garden. This is the weirdest song to me. It's very 1970. I know. It's so 1970. It's just like, I hate, I hate to blame the boomers for everything. <laughs> But I also kind of but love doing that. they make it very easy. I know. <laughs> like, what What the... What does that even mean? I never promised you a rose... Gar- like, would you it's date like someone... Saying, sorry, I fucking suck. Right. Also, would you date someone if they were like, hey, date me and I'll give you a rose garden? Like, it's a, it's a stupid analogy out of the gate. That is <laughs> That's dumb, my point. That I know. <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> anyway. I, all right. Yeah, I've done um, my shitting on boomers anyway, for this episode. This song is okay, but it's very 1970, but it sounds better than the Con Can version. <laughs> like if you hear, like I didn't know that was a real song before the Con Can thing. And then oh, I heard really? the real song and I was like, Jesus, what the hell? <laughs> it sounds much better with Con Can doing stuff to it. Yes. Much better. It's, yeah, the, the, the Lynn Anderson thing sounds like a... You know, it's just that pop country, like, Loretta Lynn kind of nonsense. Lynn Anderson, what a boomer name. Um, But there are just, like, so many little pieces in this song. The Lynn, the Lynn Anderson song just happens to be the biggest one. Um, They take a bit from the Spagna song, Call Me, which I, yep. I love. I love that mm-hmm. song. That's a that's an Italo disco song that had just come out, like, only a few years before. It yeah, was, it's it was, not that much younger. No. Older. Um, 
but uh, I love just all the little pieces of this. Like, I can't tell you, like, if I listen to this song, I will walk around for the next two weeks going, do you want to hustle? Do <laughs> no, you want I'm, to salsa? I'm just always like, yeah, that's a great riff. Just like that, that it's like that, that orchestra hit. It's just like, it's, it's the right amount of not overused. Like if there had been any more notes in that riff, it would sound ridiculous. I think it's the only thing that brings that whole song together. Cause it's so many weird pieces and you don't know where you are, but like you'll bring it back to that riff and you're like, okay. We're still here. We're still going down this road. I think that's a very important riff. I got to say, too, they I think that they went a little mild with the music video. They could have made an absolutely absurd music video to this. Oh God, yeah. That like would have looked like how I see 1990s Nickelodeon in my head. You know what I mean? I was thinking the same thing. Like you could have made an insane video you to this. See and, like some lightning. Yeah, exactly. Patterns and like a. <laughs> Like, you know, disembodied lips yes. saying, do you want to hustle? Yeah, I know. It's just, yeah, I can see it in my head, like a checkerboard background. I just, and like, I love how like the phone starts ringing and then like the beat comes in and like, and it's like you, the phone is still ringing through the first yeah. like little bit of the song. It's like somebody answer that damn phone. I just, it's, it's very, this is a very exhausting song and it's so crazy. But it works. Oh my it God, works. it totally works. And it, it is. I don't I, know if it works later. To bring back. An, yeah. <laughs> it, oh, yeah. This song could not have existed at any other moment in pop culture than just, then. Yes. It, it's so it's a very things. like early Gen X like thing. Yes. And it's so close <laughs> to getting it's so close to getting off the rails at any moment. Yes. It's just there are certain little things that if they were a little bit different, you would be like, what? Or like no, one you, more weird thing added or one less weird thing. added. I, I agree. It is. It is a very specific recipe. Yeah. And. I applaud Concan for their their careful chemistry. This led to an album that came out the following year called Move to Move. Um, the 12-inch version of the title track is actually kind of a banger, and I'm sort of surprised that I, I can't find that it, any evidence that it charted uh, on the club chart. I was Really? I was very surprised by that. Um, this is like late 80s overproduction glory. If you like yeah. that late 80s like dance music that's just like so overproduced and busy, but like great dance music, this is it. Um yeah, this really works as like um, kind of a when when house was starting to become a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the 12 inch cuts of this, like every the 12 inch cut of like everything starting in 1989 was just it was just like a house version of the song. <laughs> like you took the pop, yeah. the pop album cut because the, the album cut of this is like very poppy. Um, but in when you when you needed a 12 inch remix in 1989, you just got a house version of your of your album. Exactly. Cut. And, and that's that's what this is. But very good. Yeah. The 12 inch cut of this is great. Look at me, I keep turning the pages of history. Look at you, trying to fill up your life with things to do. Look at us, will we ever find the key to the mystery? Could it be if I move to you? 
So we move on now to a single that actually did chart on the uh, Dance Club Songs chart, uh, peaking at number 25 in 1989. This was Puss in Boots slash These Boots Were Made for Walking. Because they like sampling. They really, really do. It's pretty fun to um, have to share all of your profits with other people. I do love, yeah, that <laughs> they didn't bother like trying to come up with cutesy names either. They were just like, what song did we sample? Okay, let's call our song that. <laughs> put Puss in Boots, because that's a very good Adam Ant song. The yes. second title of Puss in Boots we've talked about on this show. Yes, good call. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> it's just whenever I see Puss in Boots, I'm like, Puss in Boots. Um, this also did chart on the Hot 100, for what it's worth, uh, at peaking at number 58. Yeah, I thought um, that was weird. 61 in Canada, and it did okay in New Zealand, uh, number 11. Um, this is more of like a down-tempo, kind of a swing beat sort of song. Um, I mean, I was into it. I mean, and, it's cool, but it's still a club song, too. Yeah, it you is. Know, you it can is. easily see this at clubs. It's danceable. And these bizarre samples of uh, Led Zeppelin and uh, Tequila by the Champs pop up. <laughs> this is I feel like this is a drug thing sometimes. When uh, you're like, you think? When you're like, what would go good here? Boom. Actually, funny you say that, because uh, you just reminded me one of the things they talked about in the interview. Mm-hmm. When they were putting this together in the studio, um, remember how in the... the in, I'm going back to, I beg your pardon. Um, but remember how in the, the second line of the Lynn Anderson sample, it goes, la, 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 love shouldn't be so... Ma-. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that wasn't intentional. That wasn't like an artistic choice. The sample wasn't long enough to fit the time window, and his solution was just to keep restarting it with the key that many times. And they talked about how like people always talked about that one little bit and how they loved it, but it, it was good. it was completely out of like necessity with the equipment they were using, <laughs> which I think is hysterical. It's pretty cool. <laughs> A happy little accident, as mm. Mr., as Bob Ross would say. Now come to think about it, can you tell me am I right? How do I know you? One more single was released from this record. It was called Harry Houdini. Um, They made a freestyle track. I'm going to be honest. I was playing this when I was doing stuff, when I was doing show prep. Mm Mm-hmm. And I kind of zoned out for a little while, and I was singing along to this. I have no idea how I've heard this or know all of the lyrics to it. It was bizarre. I was just, like, freaking out. Like, maybe I had some sort of, like, repressed memory involving Concan's Harry Houdini. <laughs> like, it freaked me out for a good, like, ten minutes, me trying to figure it out. And I have no idea. I've heard it somehow, like, a lot enough to know the lyrics. <laughs> Well, um, it it is it samples. Um, I I couldn't remember the name of the track. I had to just look it up. Uh, White lines, yeah. The the Grandmaster Flash yeah. and Melly Mel song, and it also does contain a piece of the Tide Is High by Blondie. Yeah, but that's um, not why. No, no, no. I know because um, <laughs> the, the yeah the lyrics and and whatnot. Um, yeah, this this is um, I I love that they did a freestyle song because I again I feel I like think this it's a good song. This album is, in every sense of the expression, a sampler platter. <laughs> because, you know, you've got your very straightforward, like, synth pop. You've got, like, your house. You've got your freestyle. Like, the down-tempo. Like, it's all got here. guys pressing too many buttons. Yes. Like, this This is 1989 dance music in a nutshell. Oh, it's a good little song. It's a good little pop song. No, no, I meant the record as a whole. Oh, like, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah. the whole album, yeah. But this is a but good But no, free, this specifically is the, the freestyle portion of the sampler platter. <laughs> and uh, I loved, in the, I don't know, did you notice in the music video where... <laughs> When they say the line, how can you not realize? And like, 
actual like rope knots are on the screen. <laughs> I thought that was really cute. Oh, that's so late eighties. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Harry Houdini did chart in the UK and Canada and New Zealand, but did not chart in the US. Um, wanted to talk about one album cut before we move on that I really loved. Um, I can't answer that. Oh, this is a jam. Which, this might um, be my favorite of actually, the Actually, going to don my FBI hat for a moment. <laughs> I can't answer that. Could, <laughs> could, potentially, could potentially be in reference to that fucking phone that won't stop ringing at the beginning of I Beg Your Pardon. He can't answer it. <laughs> I can't answer but that. But you know who can answer it? <laughs> The FBI. That's right. <laughs> we just did. Forensic Baltimore <laughs> Institute, baby. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, I actually totally loved this because of the backing vocals. I think that the the ladies singing the backing vocals on this song yeah. just really sell the hell out of it. And I just love it. It's just a good song. Like It's, it's just marvelous. pure good club song, you know? And it's, I, I have nothing else to say other than it's a jam. It is and a jam. And it's incredibly enjoyable. So Concan, I guess, did get a two-album deal because in 1990, we got their their sophomore effort, Syntonic, which is a very 1990 <laughs> name for something. Actually, a little before its time. I'm going to say that was like a very 1993 or 4 mm-hmm. name for something. So anyway, um, the first single is called Liberty! Exclamation point. Let me tell you, if I saw a song now with that title, I would eye roll and immediately like <laughs> delete the person who posted it. <laughs> Times but are in, different. But now. in 1990, you know, when libertarians didn't exist yet, at least not in their current form. <laughs> the Berlin Wall is coming down. <laughs> yeah. And, the, you know, the liberty wasn't like, uh, you know, you weren't automatically a giant bag of ass for, <laughs> for talking about yeah, liberty. Yeah, the Berlin Wall is coming down. Apartheid is ending. There is actual celebration of liberty in the world right. instead and, of and, now and, where everyone's like, mm, white Christians are oppressed. Me, me, me. Yeah, I no, can't tell women what to do with their bodies. <laughs> oh is man! Is my boyfriend here? This is crazy. <laughs> um, I actually, again, I love the female vocals on this, uh, the backing vocals on this. I, I think it's great. Um, I just noticed it when I was taking notes on this song. I wrote, "Jesus, this is so early '90s. It restarted the Gulf War." We are getting very historical wow. on this liberty. I was feeling song. salty when I was listening to this. <laughs> I don't. I like. Uh, I'm just going to point out another fun jam, which it is. Yeah, it's fine. And I, I must have like had a stroke in the middle of writing this. It says this one is more. Oh, this one is more. Well, it is more. I think I just. I think I got distracted. <laughs> but it's, this one is more. It is more. More samples and more more concan silliness. More of more of the more. More of the more. How you love me. 
The uh, second single off Syntonic was called Could Have Said I Told You So. Um, this was actually a little bit of a better hit for them, number 72. This is weird to me because I cannot with this song. I yeah. do not care. Um, I had to it, listen no, it, to it I, multiple I times. Like it's, it would it's start, very forgettable. I agree. It would start and then I would be like, huh, I did not hear any of that. And then I had to restart it. And I'm like, no, it's just the song's fault. It's not my fault. Right. I, the way I put it is I feel like this song is missing its bottom half. Hmm. It's just so light and airy and forgettable. Yep. It's just, there's just nothing there to stick. Except you're listening to it and then all of a sudden the Lemon Party song comes in. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> if you want to be happy for the rest of your life. I'm like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, that to me was annoying because I really hate that song. Anyway, but it's... Yeah. I don't know. I, I felt nothing from it. If it weren't for, for horrible early 2000s meme culture, that song would not have stuck in my brain at all. Very true. I guess I should have followed their advice. If you want to be happy for the rest of your life, never make a pretty one with your wife. So for my personal point of view, it's an ugly girl to marry you. Good said I told you so. So, Syntonic tanked as an album, which is not surprising to me because there aren't any really memorable songs on it. Um, and they got dropped by the record label. So, Concan retooled and reformed as a proper band, now with four people. Mm-hmm. Um, which I actually, I honestly, again, from an artistic standpoint, I really respect this, like the direction that they went. It's a direction. They, they released one more album called Vita in 1993. Um, and we're going to talk about the song Sinful Wishes, which was a number 75 hit for them. They did chart this in Canada. Yeah. Um, they brought back the orchestra hits because <laughs> I guess that's like their thing. Um, I don't know. It just it kind of feels like an identity crisis of a song to me. It's I just don't think it. I feel like it's doing too much. Yeah. It's trying to hit that like alt rock pop thing. But also it keeps like the con can like synth riff, which. I don't know. It feels like a weird in between that it's either one of those things that works or it doesn't, and it doesn't. I agree. Hear it for and me, I think that I like. It I sounds I, so dated. Again, I respect the idea of we're going to show people that we're still Concan, that it's still the same guys. Um, but I think there is also something to be said for growing as artists, which they did, but they I don't think they fully committed. No, it it feels some of it feels very forced, and it just isn't quite right. I don't know. It's hard to explain why it doesn't work. It just doesn't work because it just doesn't feel right. And it's also a type of music back in 1993 that I hated anyway. And <laughs> it's it's got to be a really good song for me to like it. And this just doesn't do it. I do want to mention also that um, I love that they went back to their roots uh, and re-recorded their song Move to Move from the first record on this record, um, but as a four-piece rock group. And I, I thought that was kind of cool. 
It's okay, except it's not as good. So since ConCan, because they they parted ways after that, um, Barry has continued to make music and DJ. He's been in all sorts of different groups. He's written for other folks, um, and he does he DJs on the regular. He um, was Thunderpuss, yes, which made many yes remixes yes. that I loved in the late nineties, early two yep. thousands. That got me into yep. dance music. That's so. thank you for bringing and that I up. And I did not know he was Thunderpuss. I never once thought that Thunderpuss could be a real human. Yes, never once. Thank you, to thank me. you for bringing that up. Yeah. So if you've ever seen Thunderpuss remix, that's. That's Barry from ConCan doing that. That's Barry. Um, it's really difficult to find any information about Kevin. He just sort of has been off the radar since then. He wasn't really on the radar before then either. I don't like. I don't know where this dude came from or how he ended up in this magical musical project or what he's been doing since then. But accountant. Um, they Feels like accountant. They did do an interview of uh, three or four years ago with a radio station. And we're going to link to this on our website mm-hmm. um, so you can watch it. It's very cute. It's a series of that this radio station does where they play a record and let the artist just sit there and talk over the record and talk about making the record. And um, they've done this with really big names. Like they did Gary Newman, Fred yeah. Schneider from the B-52s. I watched a few of them. They're really cool. So they're like, very when interesting. you watch this on the website, you should click but on and watch the they other got, cool. They got ConCan. They got ConCan back together in a radio station for the first time, they said, in 26 years. Kevin took the day off from his CPA office. Yeah, <laughs> or whatever he's up to now. <laughs> so Barry and Kevin, they're both there, and they, they tell all these ConCan stories, some of which I relayed to you already because they were funny. Um, but yeah, the whole thing's worth checking out. It's very They do the 12-inch cut of the song, so they talk for like six minutes. It's, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, they did appear to announce on their Facebook page in 2014 that a new ConCan single was coming, but it like never happened. So your, I cat, can't... your cat just bailed out trying to jump on the chair. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, she does that. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. She's just like fully committed. No, it's, it's okay. Um, I said that in 2014, it, mm-hmm. it appears they announced on their Facebook page that they were going to release a new single, and then that like had never happened. I can't mm-hmm. find any evidence of it. You know, it's you got to pick at least 70 songs to sample to put into a song, and That's so a, they're still. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They're probably working on. There probably aren't 70 songs in existence. <laughs> you know, they got to find the right 70. They're yeah. only on number 37 maybe, right maybe, now. Maybe they're waiting for Lynn Anderson to record a comeback so they can sample it. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it is. 19 years later. Um, all right, so that's Gone Can. <laughs> not, not much else to say, the except, con- do you want to hustle? <laughs> do you want to hustle? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, you can find us on our website, which is offbeattrackscast.com, and you can also listen to all of our old episodes there. Yes, uh, you have that ability. We're also on Twitter for your tweeting needs, at offbeattracks. So please, tweet us and um, tell us what songs you think it would be cool for Con Can to assemble into one mega pick, song pick five songs what would be your con can mix of songs yes including like dialogue from movies it could yeah things your therapist has said to you you know whatever <laughs> <laughs> just lay it all down <laughs> we'll be back next week with another very odd duo oh boy we're getting into it aren't we